0: This is Up Your RPG, helping you up your role-playing game. We really appreciate ridiculous humor in our TTRPG sessions. We also value the serious, and sometimes emotional, moments that come with character development. How do we balance those opposing styles of play, and what happens when one inhibits the other? Hey, folks, welcome to Up Your RPG. My name is Arthur, and as usual, I am joined by Emily and Michael. And this week, we have Rick as our guest. Emily, you're the host. The show is all yours.
1: All right. So this week, we're talking about when silly and serious clash, essentially. And they don't always have to clash. And I think I'd like to start out by talking about a situation where we were able to switch back and forth pretty quickly between those two modes, and it was okay. So, Rick, would you tell us about the moment you mentioned to me where you felt like you had a Don Quixote kind of experience Oh, on the street outside of the, sure. you're so surprised, but you just mentioned this earlier today.
2: That's a fair point. I didn't know. I didn't know we were going to just jump right into it. I mean, my Don who Quixote, wanted to start. you kind of need a warm up to it. All right. So oh, uh, this was during our mother's love, um, I guess, one shot that became an eight shot or something.
1: Yeah, pretty um, much. Yeah. So we were
2: and, Right. And so I was a Bubba Fret. And at some point, I got, I was on amphetamines and we were still at a house.
0: Right. Was this you or the character?
2: I was on amphetamines and I was at this house and everybody left and I was continuing to like investigate. I was really fixated on it. And then overnight, Michael did a great job in describing in this series you know, phase of this, uh, a creature or a sound that I heard outside. So my my character, this sort of heightened paranoia goes outside, is looking around, and then a branch scrapes him. And so he would react in a way that you would anticipate in this sort of intense moment where there's a creature maybe looming, turns around and starts firing. um, And then I believe grabbed a trash can lid in that I failed maybe I think a sanity role or, or perception or something where I saw maybe this creature and it ended up being a stop sign. And so I ended up charging into it um, and having a very like Don Quixote with the windmills, this giant's moment, um, which turned this serious looming sense of the invisible, you know, stalking creature uh, into this sort of comical moment uh, that felt very genuine for a guy who's hopped up on something and then after that sort of hit and landed um Michael then describes sort of the this rain and this the, the dark middle of the night and and folks coming down the road or the roadway and then me having to hide and dive in the bushes and the sort of tense moment of is a flashlight, you know, are they, are they going to get me, you know, in terms of, uh, see me sort of hiding off right to the side, um, and returned, I would say within this all happened within, I don't know, seven, eight minutes, maybe 10 at most. Um, but we were able to sort of go from some intense sort of, um, uh, you know, high tension to a comical sort of interlude, and then back to it. I think in a pretty, you know, easy um, way that that stands out to me as a as a prime moment. Yeah.
1: And I will say, I think you in particular are very comfortable putting humor into the middle of these really serious moments. And I'm not saying that particularly as a a compliment or a criticism. It's just that I know that when I'm in one mode, when I'm in a serious mode, I am not able to just turn on a dime and start, you know, jousting with a stop sign. Yeah,
2: Some whatever. of us, some of us are switch, some of us can't, and that's, oh it's not a good or a bad thing. It's just where you're at, you know, uh-huh, and if uh-huh. you're yeah, comfortable with that. that. I, I appreciate
0: yeah, good, it. good terminology. We'll uh, I do have a question though, that, uh, you know, on that, mm-hmm. on that subject of being able to, uh, to flip that switch, are, is that just an innate thing for you or is that, are, are there, is there something you're thinking about Are are you consciously aware of the fact that, that, okay, I need to be serious for a minute um, or does that just happen naturally? Uh, I, I mean, mean I, I, I can think, see where uh, it would be a challenge. Like, like for Emily, I could see if if that's just not in your, it, it's just not your mo. I would think it's just not your mo. But for someone who can do it, is there something that you're consciously aware of?
2: Well, I would say probably a couple things. I think for somebody who has maybe like an acting background, right, we're trying to get into a character that might be difficult. I could maybe see that to switch very quickly in that moment, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're trying to do that almost like an improv level. Um, I I sort of have probably like, I've been doing this as a DM where you have to take up multiple NPCs for several years. And so you have to be able to hop from one to the other. I think that maybe is one element. Um, and the other is, it's like a profession. I have to break good news and bad news within like five minutes next to one another, right? If I'm going in and seeing somebody or something. And so being able to sit in that moment, um, and give that the time and validation, right? That it needs and not just sort of putting on a face um, and being there and present, like being able to do that, right? Sequentially, um, you know, 15 minutes from one another, uh, that's a roller coaster. And so at least in the moment, there's also a sense of, is this going too long? Like the the comedy bits, right? Which I think maybe we'll talk about, right? If a bit goes too long, it it sort of sours, uh, not just for us, but I'm sure for listeners. And I think it's about, And understanding that comedic timing and what I love about Cthulhu, at least in particular, at least sort of the horror comedy play is, is, is that is the refreshing right outlet. And I think what we what's really difficult to capture in tabletop RPGs in particular is the horror, is the suspense. And it's something that I know we're working on. But being able to really get back into that moment as that character and recognize that, I think, is a big is a challenge. Uh, it's not easy. I don't think I'm good at it by any stretch, but it's something I try and make an effort to do mm-hmm. at times. Yeah. yeah,
0: and and maybe that's the part that's important: is knowing that it is a challenge and trying to make the effort and to be aware of it. That 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 may be uh, a big part of it.
1: And there's also a distinction between humor happening in game and humor happening. From the peanut gallery and i know we had been talking beforehand about an example of a time when our tendency to be humorous actually negatively affected the gameplay and i was going to bring that up later but this kind of seems like a logical time to bring it up now just to show the two sides of the coin Mm -hmm. so i was in the scene so i guess i'll start out explaining it and it was myself and rick joe and sam in season
0: Two. Two or three. Three. I think it was three.
1: Because he and I carried our characters over. I always. Yeah, I feel like it was. I think it was
3: three. Yeah.
0: Beginning. Beginning. beginning
3: It was right at three.
1: Yeah. And uh, we were delving into a pretty significant and horrible part of Joe's backstory. Mm -hmm. And it was the first scene that we played that evening. And we always get kind of riled up in our pregame. Mm hmm. Because we, you know, enjoy each other and crack jokes and what have you.
3: Make fun of Rick. Yep.
1: Yeah. Uh, Well, actually, honestly, that was the issue in this scene. Because Joe was just trying to deal with her demons. Figuratively, also literally. And Sam was in the scene. And everybody was making fun of him. And I got very frustrated because I couldn't do anything dramatically because it was all broken by, by laughter. And, and I will just say, I'm sorry, Rick, because at the time I didn't even realize specifically how much of that was coming from outside of our scene. And I just thought that you were fucking up my scene. I did. <laughs> and I'm yeah, sorry about that. No,
2: it's fair. I, I was equally frustrated. <laughs> I think at that moment, because that's, I want to dive into that, right. I want to have that yeah. intense. That's very clearly a, character milestone moment um, and something to respect in that in that you know give give that character that time and space to let that breathe um so it was difficult that was a little frustrating yeah. i would agree yeah. mm-hmm.
0: and i think from the other side i think michael and i were, were part of the uh of the peanut gallery uh, and we definitely got a little bit into 12 year old mode um which when you're in 12 year old mode, mode can be difficult to get out of if you are a bit of a child um which michael and i kind of are children um so uh, you know it, it, we definitely felt bad about it um i still do feel bad about it uh, and i think that the takeaway for that is to um to try to for myself to try to be more present um both in understanding the times when it okay, now this is a time to crack a joke and being present with everyone else in the group and reading the room a little bit better. Um, because I think that's a, uh, that's a big takeaway for really anyone who listens to this show at all, um, is a, a great TTRPG table is full of people who are engaged with the other people at the table. Um, both when it's their turn to have their moment and when it's the other person's turn to have their moment. That you're when you're silent and it's not your turn, that you are as engaged as you are when it is your turn. Uh, and I think that that really makes for a better table, both for the humorous times and for the non-humorous times because when you're engaged and you know okay this is a, this is a a kind of light moment there's not anything really serious going on this is a time I can crack a joke if it's not then you either save that joke for later or you just don't make it
3: and and I think along with that right it's thinking about in the workshop we did uh, together the the talk about where the focus is in the moment and thinking about where the focus is and and I remember because there was something that that triggered it, like it just made it was like too big of a chocolate pie in the middle of the floor, right? And I just went diving into it. Um, the shiny
0: red button.
3: <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, in the moment, like I was like, the words came out of my mouth, and I was like, wanted to like shove them back in so fast. And so I, I think it's worth talking about, right? That gut check there. I was like, oh no, like this is like, this is her her character's moment. And and I think it's worth talking about, though, like what happened on the back end of that, because we didn't just write like, uh, uh, Emily, are you comfortable with us like kind of delving into oh, sure. Right. Yeah, the, yeah. the post conversation, which is immediately afterwards in the moment? I knew I had messed up um, both as a player and a GM and a friend like I just kind of failed on all three levels there. Um, and uh, since we're recording, there's probably there, there's not really time in the moment the way that we do it to to stop and say, hang on, let's like start this over or or talk about this. So um, after show, I I think that we started the conversation and then um, and and I apologized to Emily pretty much right off the bat, but um, you know, I I'd like to hear from your perspective, Emily, what was helpful because I think when this does happen at the table, these are the things that create challenges in table dynamics um, and in feeling like you're being heard and being able to like have your moment in the story. And so, if you could speak to like what was helpful that we did post and maybe what we should have done better, that would be wonderful. If that's not putting you too much on the spot
1: no not at all i mean the first thing probably the biggest thing relates to what i already mentioned when we actually talked through the situation and i was able to look at it from a distance instead of from that moment of frustration i did realize that it was a more it was more complex than i thought essentially it wasn't all ricks fault and I just only mostly felt Rick's that phone. because we were in the scene together, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I'm just, uh, but really, that's why it was really valuable to talk about it, not specifically because of, of laying blame, but just as a general way to think about something that caused conflict from a calmer stance and figure out, you know, take it apart, figure out how it happened, figure out how to avoid it in the future and uh, uh, michael you just looked like you wanted to say something
3: well yeah cuz i was thinking about one thing that really added to the complexity is sam's a pretty obtuse character to begin with right um especially in regards to jael's relationship dynamic and so mm-hmm. i i think in that moment he was playing sam pretty true and you were you know but still trying to create some space you know you you were trying to create some space so that Joe can have her moment um, and us riffing off Sam's obtuseness was what like just really, I think there were, you know, had we not intervened, had we not been our 12 uh, year old selves in that moment, right? That that I think there would have been the, the space and it really would have been um, a compelling narrative in terms of highlighting how out of touch Sam was um, in comparison to the moment of real reality that, that Joe was encountering.
1: So not only is it valuable to talk about it the same night, but it's valuable to talk about it six months later because I'm not sure that I specifically thought about the fact that I was kind of blurring the boundaries between character and player because I was feeling frustrated, but Joe, the character, would have rightly felt frustrated with the response that she was getting from Sam, the character, and because we kept coming in and out of scene, because there were exchanges between uh, players and players and characters and characters, it just got kind of confusing as to who was being annoying or frustrating. I guess.
2: Yeah, and I think right if 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 there's general like jocularity, is that a word? Uh, it can be. Uh, maybe uh we're just jo- joculating um that's worse that, that's yep. worse no, that's okay I'll, worse. I'll rewind that thanks um in a moment like this right like, like breaking up an intense moment with a goofiness. so uh you know in that moment it's tough to balance groups who you're in the middle of making jokes right and at the same time you're trying to also be serious with your character um but there's like that uh, it's a balancing act I think in that moment, right, and it's difficult because you also don't want to just be like, "Hey guys, let's uh, let's straighten this up." But I think what we learned, or what I took away from it, is if we need to throw in a break somewhere to like reset, or in terms of us doing our dynamics prior, or how we're structuring things so that maybe some of that goofiness is vented earlier. Um, you know, those are all important. I think things that I took away particularly even as a DM, right, from my own stuff down the road, and I think maybe hopefully listeners could too, is like, you don't have to, if something doesn't feel right, like, right, you can pump the brakes. Um, you know, we can sort of like reset maybe, right? If that's the, the moment sort of being soured because of other fun quality, what have yous, right? But not not respecting or honoring the moment for the characters. Because as Sam with a child himself, I, I wanted to have that connection with Joe and have that time, right? And have that ability to have my character then make that bond, as somebody that he is, you know, trying to maybe even look after, um, yeah. and, and forge that, and that would have been a great opportunity. But it's sort of hard, hard, right? So, um, also, you guys are beating yourselves up a bit too much. A, li- um,
1: a little, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. We've made plenty of unnecessary oh, yeah. jokes at bad times too. Oh, for yeah, sure. But-,
3: but, but I think that that was. I mean, we certainly had a large group conversation after that and recognized, mm-hmm. okay, like we're we're actually defeating our we're defeating the best parts of our story. Yeah. Right. We, we it, it, it in some ways, I mean, I it was productive in terms of what it led to down the, down the line and us being able to take stock. But I think that that's another good takeaway for those listening that um, if you're sitting at the table, sometimes people are going to miss these social cues and you don't have to be the GM at the table. You can player to player say, hey, Emily's really trying to have a moment here. Maybe like Have a few more cashews for a minute, like, um, you know, that that it's okay to like help somebody else keep in check if they're not realizing that somebody's trying to draw the sword or climb the mountain or um, embellish on what it feels like to ride on the back of a large eagle. Right. Like that that might be an important moment And, and that you can like let somebody else know, hey, you know, like let them have the let them have the focus for a minute and i think that that's important for everybody to be able to do at the table.
1: Yeah, that is a really good point, Michael. Thank you. Now, i'd actually if we're okay wrapping up this portion of the discussion, mm-hmm. i'd like to just balance it by sharing an example of some a scene that stood out to me as i as our lore keeper like sitting and looking through notes from 2 years ago in this case. Wow. But things that just really stuck with me, there was an example I'd like to bring up with an old character of Arts also interacting with one of my characters as it happens, uh, where we did go back between some really ridiculous things and serious things. And yet in that case, I think that we as players and as characters were able to separate those in a way that Art, your character, could still have his really intense and weighty moment and I'll just give a little bit of background to remind all of us what I'm talking about here. This was a, another one off that was like eight weeks that w- it was a more modern setting and we had taken a boat around the UK. And I think we were in like an Island near Wales at at that point. Sounds and right. our, your character Bubba was essentially re- sacrificing himself, running into the face of danger to try to protect his friends, specifically my character, because we knew each other from way back and had already kind of been bonding through the through the game. And at the same time, my character was hallucinating that you were the best friend that we were searching for in this whole vision. So it was very intense when, when you sacrificed yourself to protect my character who also thought that it was her best friend dying. I mean, there was a, l- there were many layers there and I'll just throw in the, uh, the events happening at the same time. We had Rick's character, Dick slathering himself in X-lax and running into a cave.
2: <laughs> I don't, oh, I don't remember this.
1: Right. I, I wrote it in the book. Before. Emily, please tell me
3: you have a special page somewhere that's just a list of things that Rick has slathered his characters in. Um,
1: I could produce one of those. And that's the
2: next Patreon level. Um, what yeah, yeah. would you like to see Rick slathered in?
1: And uh, there was a, oh no, we see the cultists. If you see the cultists, yell frenulum.
0: <laughs> I don't remember that at all.
1: <laughs> point being I know I know it's ridiculous but that's my point for sharing yeah. these things because we were switching back and forth between two cons- two uh not consecutive What? what's the word that means at the same time continuous
0: continuous simultaneous simultaneous, simultaneous. You scenes. Parallel. thank you parallel. Parallel. Thank yep you. sure parallel. Words. Yeah, two
1: simultaneous words scenes or stories one of which was um a self-sacrifice and great personal trauma and the other is like I think the best solution for this is to, you know, slather myself in X-lax and run for the the goat monsters. Mm -hmm. So as a character for you, Art, do you remember working through that process of, you know, having to to deal with your death and your final words, which were by the way, kind of sharing how Charlotte, the, the friend of my character who we were searching for had helped you through a really big and, a big hurdle and she, I think she had helped you come out mm-hmm. was the
0: thing. Yeah. And, yep. um, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, so it, it's funny. We were talking about this before the show, we started recording and I actually don't remember what I said at that moment. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do remember that, that the character started out as this jockey football player. Um, but through the course of the campaign, I realized that the relationship that he had had with Charlotte, um, which started out as, is. Possibly romantic, but probably not. Like maybe a little, uh, like short fling. I I realized that it, that it was much more interesting for my character for him to have had this conflict of of being gay, being in a in a an elite college football team, and not being able to be out as gay, and that right. Charlotte helped him through that, uh, and that's where their relationship was formed um so i just i i wanted people to hear that like i wanted you guys to know that that's what was happening um i i seem to remember that the reason that he died was i i did charge in but i think i completely failed a roll which would you I did. mean, that is kind of roll my mo yeah yeah I, yeah I tend to do that a lot um so uh i do remember being really disappointed that i didn't get to have that that sort of uh, last bit of development in and especially with with your character Emily to be able to explain to you uh you know what was really going on um so i used that moment to you know sort of had that last gasp uh you know this is this is who he is um and, and you know again surrounded by that that ridiculousness uh, i i mean i yeah, I mean, I, I, going back to, to asking Rick how he does it, I, I don't really know. Uh, I, I think I'm actually not very good at it. Um, I, I think it's just that we kind of do go back and forth a lot with the ridiculousness, um, which I think is good. I think it's kind of our MO to be pretty absurd, um, what with Rick slithering himself in x lax it's not all um, Rick's fault. right? no it's not yeah, all it's was definitely butter. not all there rick was, yeah, um, okay. yeah um no i mean i, I think that all of us at, at one point or another are pretty ridiculous um, rick does tend to take it a little bit farther with his characters but that's okay you know it, it, we're all pretty Chicken absurd in our, yeah um we're all absurd in our own way um and i think that's great it, it for me game night is being ridiculous with my friends um uh, so you know that that's that's the the foundation yeah. that I think it's built on. Um, but, but I, I think I it's really, more. I wanted
1: to mention this story at this point because I actually think that it is an example of us succeeding in what we should have done in mm-hmm. our in our other kind of failed scene. Yeah. Because those things were happening at the same time, but we, not just you as Bubba, and not just uh, Rick as Dick, um, doing your very different tones at that point. But the whole group was able to go with that, Mm -hmm. to switch gears and to appreciate the drama that you were giving us, and also enjoy the humor that we were getting.
3: Because, And I think one important thing that you're pointing out is that because we stayed in scene, right? Mm -hmm. These were characters Mm -hmm. doing what the characters would have been doing. So when you compartmentalize Dick in one scene, And doing that in the scene, that's fine. And then when you cut to the next scene and it's you two in character, then there's no bleeding over, right? There's no peanut gallery kind of infusing anything into the other scene. So
0: yeah, you do um, want to keep your dick compartmentalized.
3: Well, you want to keep your (laughs) dick
2: contained. You don't want it to seed another scene. Yeah,
0: you definitely don't want it to spill over. You don't want it to spill over. Yep.
2: You don't.
1: Let's save (laughs) this for the next show.
0: Okay. Okay. Excellent.
1: Okay. (laughs) So I'm just going to throw out one more question because we've been talking a lot from players perspective, but I did just want to ask our GM, I won't ask him if he's ever used humor to lighten a scene because that just wouldn't be Michael. But I will ask if you ever intentionally used a serious moment to redirect us to maybe calm us down or to somehow change the direction that the... I, there's a mood is going
3: yeah i i mean to to point to exactly what would be hard but i i know that i've used certain events to kind of refocus attention like if we mm-hmm. get really lost in a scene for instance and maybe uh too far into like a, a richard gag or something like that uh you know one, one or a patu- contained
1: dick gag mm-hmm
3: you you put us back in there, Emily. We you got us
1: and out. We had a prime notice. example. We might as well uh,
2: use it. She put Dick back in. That's <laughs> a... So,
3: uh, like, but I think about Pistol Pete, right? And kind of, uh, y'all were kind of getting off in body bills, and there was a lot going on in there. And then he shoots somebody in the middle of the street, right? And yeah. then so all of a sudden that refocuses. Pete the poet. the, Pete the poet. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and so that refocuses action, right? That the somebody being shot, all of a sudden there's an event and something the characters have to respond to. And, and I think those are small, right., um, you know, a, you could have anything kind of happen, a big bang, uh, a, a crash in a building. It could turn out to be pots and pans, right? But if you need to if you need to refocus the characters and kind of get them out of a downward spiral, that any kind of thing that they have to investigate or feel compelled to investigate is a way to help them refocus or shift attention.
1: Thanks, Michael. Sure. Yeah, That's really great to have from a keeper's perspective, from a GM's perspective, the way a GM can potentially use the balance of humor and seriousness in the game. And as players, we've really just come down to remembering who's in the spotlight. And the best way that you can respect your friends and your fellow role players is that whatever kind of moment they're giving you to be there with them, whether it's ridiculous or horrifying or anything else. And then I will just throw in because this seems to be advice that we have come back to a number of weeks. It's okay to take a break. It's okay to stop and think whether that means all going and you know getting a drink or just like stopping at the table and saying, where are we now? Most of us aren't podcasting or videoing and there's nothing to be lost by just taking stock of the situation. it will put a wrap on our week session of Up Your RPG. Thanks for joining us. You can always find more information at upyourrpg.com. Hopefully we've contributed to your game. Now go find a table.